Let's quickly move now. Proverbs 24. Proverbs chapter number 24. In verse number 16. Proverbs 24. In verse number 16. If you got any question about rules, and uh, I know some of us are very technical here. What counts and what doesn't count? Please ask Mrs. Tablante. She'll answer all your questions. <laughs> all right, we got any question on what is allowed, all right, and what is not allowed, all right? You can ask them, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun, and it'll be enjoyable. Proverbs 24 and verse number 16. And if we're able to, let's stand up. We're going to sit for a little bit here tonight. Let's stand up uh, in honor of the word of God. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 16 and we'll move on tonight. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. And let us pray. Lord, Holy Ghost, guide me, guide my tongue, guide my mind, keep my heart, Lord, uh, centered in your word. And Lord, Holy Ghost, please guide us, uh, uh, be an instrument tonight. Lord, use me only for your glory. I pray that we would uh, glean uh, from a principle from your word, and I pray in our relationship to it, I pray that we would have the right spirit and the right relationship. For, Lord, I, I believe it will be profitable for us. and It will be success to us as a Christian if we learn to relate to this particular principle according to your will, according to your way, and according to the working of your Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that we would be honest with ourselves, that we would be humble, and that we would really search. And I pray that we would not leave any stone unturned. And I pray, Lord, that we would be very, very transparent within ourselves. Help the Holy Ghost to really work tonight. Provide us with no distraction. Thank you for all those that are out now with the children. Help them out, Lord, tonight. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to talk about, you may be seated. I want to talk about the thought of correction. And the title of the message is, Correction and me. Correction and me. And there's a relationship that must be had to, uh, as a Christian to properly navigate this sin-cursed world. Correction is necessary for the work of sanctification to be effective in our life. And again, how many times when it comes to... Uh, working with God and, 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 and letting God do a work in our life and transforming us, you'll always find a key element, and it's always humility. Always humility has to be in the mix for correction to properly be understood. Sometimes we misunderstand God. Who has misunderstood God in your life? A lot of us have. And, uh, and, and sometimes correction, and we look at it and say, why do I need to be corrected? I didn't do anything wrong. And sometimes we don't see, and God does. He's all-knowing. And so uh, be mindful of that uh, tonight as we go on. I want to bring this in a, in a spirit that it is something that can help us. All right? I'm not going to come at you and say, you need correction. That's not what I want to do, because that correction is painted always that way. It's an ugly thing. We don't want to do nothing with correction, because correction takes away all our fun. No, correction gives you fun. It will create fun in your life. It will create safety boundaries. 
It will create a, a fear of God in you so that you will walk the narrow way. And in the narrow way, there is protection and blessing. You want to be corrected. By the end of this message, that's the goal. You want to be corrected if it happens to come. Now, the Bible is very clear in Hebrews. I'm skipping a lot of things here just to get you a warning. It is grievous when it's happening. Correction anytime, even if it's done in a very, very mild way or a very, very sharp way. It's still hard because, face it, we have a little bit of pride in us. And it hurts our ego to be told we're wrong. Well, you didn't do that as well. You didn't carry the tune really well. You kind of dragged it. It wasn't in the bucket at all. I don't even know if you brought a bucket, right? He just missed it completely. You know, and so there's other things of life uh, that sometimes we need to be better at. And correction is the tool God uses to get us better. Who wants to be better than a year ago? All of us. I want to be better at everything that God wants me to be a part of and be in. And I know that we're frail. And we'll find out today. That's why correction, if you learn early, children, if you learn early to have a proper relationship with correction, you will have great success. You say, I don't, I don't believe you, Dad. I don't believe you. It is. It is really true. I'll give you the verses. I'll give you the word of God to prove it. And look at this. Proverbs 24, verse 16. The word just a lot of times it's referred to people that are saved. The just shall live by faith. The word just is a lot of times likened to saved people. And here we find, for a just man falleth seven times, but riseth up again. All right? But the wicked shall fall into mischief. Pride is always the enemy. Pride has done a good job of deceiving us that we do not need guidance or correction. It has lied to us and says that correction are only for others and not me. However, a closer look at God's word gives us the truth that correction, and this is something that was unique as I was looking at this, really, correction is a part, essential part, of a true Christian's life. Throughout your life, you have to accept that truth. You say, well, I thought we were supposed to do things so that we don't need correction. Well, I'm going to give you an idea what correction is at times. It sometimes is guidance. The idea of correction is guidance. All right? And so do we not need guidance? I need it every day. I need it for all the roles I play as a father, as a husband, as the pastor. As a Christian, as a citizen of this country, I need guidance who's going to be I'm going to vote for next year, right? In 2020, I hope that we've been encouraged lately a lot to vote, and I pray that we would do that. All right? And look at some of these things. However, a closer look at God's word gives us the truth. that correction is a part of a Christian's life due to the fact that we are prone to wonder. Songwriter said that one time. Prone to wonder the God I love. The sin nature in us fights the sanctification work of our God. How many times does this fight happen? If you're honest, moment by moment. The fight happens in a day-to-day basis. Paul says, I die daily. 
This fight happens a lot often, a lot more often than we realize. Ecclesiastes 7, verse number 20. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter number 7 and verse number 20. For the sake of time, I got all this in my notes. They're from the King James Bible. You notice I won't turn my Bible. It's not because I'm not getting it from the Bible. I, I, I do it because of the sake of notes. I go through a lot of verses. Write it down if you don't have time to get there. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 20. It says, for there is not a just man upon earth. I think this is clear now, okay? For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good. And sin it not. The sin nature is upon us. Someday it will be eradicated. Someday it will be gone in heaven. One day there will be no more sin. But not today. Not today. We're justified. We're redeemed. All right? But we face a battle. Galatians 5 is very clear. The flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And so there's a battle. And God is working in us to sanctify us, to make us and, and put in us that divine nature that he has given to us in salvation. I am now part of God's family. In Romans chapter number 8, I'm given adoption. I'm part of God's family. And now I'm learning what it means to be like God. All right? I'm learning how to react like he does, how to act like he does, how to say my words like he would say them. How would I... Uh, <laughs> How would I carry about business with other people? How do I handle money? How do I be stewards of things? And we're learning all of those through the work of sanctification. But it needs to be started by salvation. Sanctification doesn't save us. Salvation in Jesus Christ saves us. and That's the start of it. And then sanctification happens. And God is making jewels out of us, as he says. In our Christian life, we need a lot of course correction. In our Christian life, we need a lot of course correction. Back in the day, you guys used at last maps. I remember using them at one point, going to college, driving a stick, a rodeo, Isuzu, coming from New York all the way to Austin, Texas. Never been there in my life, and we're going to drive, and there's no GPS at the time. Our cell phones were this big. Nokia. The only thing you could play was a snake. Right? A long line that goes around with little dots. You have to connect the dots and get bigger. Wow, we were so happy with that. Black and white. That's what we did. And so you couldn't find GPS coordination. I love GPS. Man, I don't even have to worry about the GPS. You know the GPS machine? They're all gone. You can't sell them. But uh, you got the GPS on your phone now. Where you live? Oh, I just need to know the address. Boom. And I just coast and follow the woman on the phone. It's like I do everywhere else. <laughs> follow the woman on the phone. And so you just follow her, and you end up going where you need to go, right? But times I wander off, and I turn the wrong way, especially a place I've never been before, right? There's a lot of course correction because you're so excited. This is the road. This is the road. Oh, it's not the road. Wrong turn. You have to come back out again and go somewhere else. And so there's a lot of course correction in our life. If we're honest, we need those course correction. Let us learn to be sensitive and be open to God's chastening hand. Part of letting God be God. We say that, right? Let God be God. Well, part of that in our lives is 
We let him correct us when we need it. So when we say this uh, cliche in our Christian faith, let God be God, what you're saying partly is this. That means he can correct me if I'm wrong. If there's something wrong in the relationship I have with people, he can correct me there. If he's, I have got a, a wrong, wrong spirit towards my brother, a wrong spirit towards my mom, if I'm a child, a wrong spirit to my spouse, if I'm in a relationship, in a marriage, such as, uh, such as that, God can course correct you and help you get the right way. Because, why? We are still prone to do wrong. It's not a just man that doesn't fall, right? But we rise up again. There's not a righteous man that do it good and sin it not, all right? Watch out for the following mindset and the spirit that can be a detriment to receiving correction. Correction is to be received as a gift of love. Ooh, that's tough, isn't it? Correction should be a gift received, all right, from a heart of love. That has to be our view on correction. And God correcting us and stopping our way and saying, uh, son, you just said something you shouldn't have said. I'm glad there's some sensitive people uh, that uh, in time, even the short time we've been back, it's been almost, what, two years now we've been here, uh, back in the, in the States. And uh, have we had misunderstandings with people? Oh, yeah. Have we uh, said things in uh, in in uh, in judgment because we don't know the whole situation and we made a judgment call? Oh, absolutely. And some of them have been wrong. And we've had to go to people and say these words and sincerely say, I'm sorry, and then try to fix it. If there's able uh, physically that can, can fix the problem, we try. And there's others that have come up to us and, and, uh, and have said, hey, I said this and you were listening to that. I was just making sure that you didn't misunderstood what I said. That is a good, good practice as a Christian. That is a good practice as a Christian. Confirm to others your intention. Make ample sure that they understand what you're trying to say. Because sometimes the devil is so deceitful. He is going to twist words that is said well-meaningly. And he's going to twist it. He's going to use a brother to, to, uh, to kind of, did you not hear what they said about you? And you're going to react. And our reaction is, I'll never talk to them again. I'll just cut it off. And really, it wasn't even true. It was just hearsay. It wasn't even true. Always practice this. Get it from the horse's mouth. Get it from the person. Don't listen to what others say about the situation. Go to the person. I've done that several times, being with you. Somebody said, hey, so-and-so said this. Oh, okay. And what I did, kindly, I go to that person. Hey, I heard that you might have misunderstood what I mean, and you must have heard that this is what I meant. Let's talk about this. And guess what? It course-corrected the problem. And I made some correction. You have to understand and know that sometimes we just don't know the whole situation. <laughs> and sometimes we're forced to make decisions with very, very little, little facts. And so guess what? I don't make decisions. If there's not enough facts, I've learned this. 
I'm not, I have to make a decision. I don't know enough. I have to know more in order for me to make a decision. All right? And so think about those things as we relate to one another here. Course correction and God correcting us. Here's a mindset and spirit and attitude that can be a detriment from receiving correction. All right? Number one, here's a spirit. When people call evil good and good evil, that's going to provide some really messed up perspective on what I'm talking about correction. And that's what happened to our society. The Bible tells us, and I'm not picking on any one particular problem here, but the Bible tells us that God made he male and female. The Bible is clear in Genesis that sodomy is wrong. Do not let the world tell you it's okay. I love anybody that is struggling with it. I had family members in the Philippines that are struggled with this sin. And I would help them just like anybody that I know struggled with anything else. I would love on them. I will be kind to them. I'll treat them with respect because they're a human being. But when it comes to standing against that, I will stand because the Bible says it's wrong. I've dealt with people. I know people very close to me that have committed abortion. I love them. You, don't, you have no idea how much I love them. But I cannot, I cannot say abortion is right because I love people that have done it. I have to stand for what's true, and I have to kindly let them know this is where I stand. And so be very careful in a society, in a world, that tells you a flat-out lie. When it calls good evil, and it calls evil good, that has an effect on Christianity. That has an effect on Christianity. Masculinity is taught in Scripture. And a man should be a man. And there's a lot of things to be talked about in saying that. And that is not being promoted in the world. That is being destroyed. Because they're calling good evil and evil good. Let me give you some verses so you understand what I'm going to here. If you think like that, you're going to have a problem, and a problem with correction. Because you're not going to think I'm right. You're going to think I'm wrong. And you're going to have a problem with that. Isaiah 5.20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I'm telling you, you want to be sweet. Be sweet. Be right. Be light. Be good. And don't be bitter. Another thought and spirit and attitude that kind of hinders us from thinking correction to be a positive thing is this thought, this idea. I'm just going to do right on my own eyes. Doing right in your own eyes. When you make you the authority of your life and you disregard God and you disregard his system, his opinion, his agenda, his policy, 
his truth, his precepts, his statutes, his commandments. When you say, nope, I'm going to excuse all of those, I'm going to despise them, and I'm going to set up my own standard of morality. Chris Barron is going to have his own way. And when you have that mindset, you're going to have a hard time relating to proper correction. Isaiah 5.21, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. That's the next verse after we read verse 20. And prudent in their own sight. The Bible warns us there is wisdom of the world and that there is wisdom of God. And as Christians and childs of God, we should desire the wisdom that is from above, not the wisdom from the earth. And look at Judges. Oh my, if you look at Judges, it says this preface. And that is going to do something crazy. If you know the scripture anywhere else, when you read the book of Judges, some wild stuff are going on. Because they had no king in the day. They had no authority. And they were doing that which was right in their own eyes. And you have Levites that are supposed to be carers of the temple of God and the work of the tabernacle of God. And they're going around having concubines. And so on and so forth. Debauchery in the book of Judges. And look what it says in Judges 6, 17 and verse 6. It also is very similar to 21 and verse 25. In those days, there was no king. That's lowercase k. There was no human authority. There was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And let me tell you, that kind of mindset, that kind of perspective, and that kind of spirit will not make you have a, have a good relationship with proper correction. Another thing, another mindset that kind of destroys and is a detriment to this looking at correction in a good light. Here's another one. Let me read Proverbs 30 and verse 12, uh, helping the, ne- the previous point. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes. But God is so wise and said this, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. God is not fooled. When people are calling evil good, God has not not, uh, changed. His truths remain. He's not worried. And when people have this mindset, I'm just going to do what's right in my own eyes. I'm going to be the one to have the authority in my life. And God is not fooled. He says, well, whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He's a wise God. I would not go against him or his truths. I would be right along with him and follow what he says. Here's another, another, another mindset, another, another, another thing that, 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 uh, that helps, destroys this wonderful relationship a Christian, a good Christian should have with correction. Number three is that we love darkness rather than light. We, ro- we love darkness rather than light. Look at uh, John chapter number 3 and verse number 19. Moving quickly, John chapter number 3 and verse number 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and man love darkness 
rather than light. And here's a secret, and it's not, it's very clear. Why do, what does that mean that they love darkness? Well, because their deeds were evil. And look at verse 20, it clarifies it even further. For everyone that doeth evil hated the light, neither cometh to the light. Why? Lest his deeds should be reproved. And that's synonymous with the idea of correction. God, because he loves you so much, did not sacrifice his son to cleanse you from all sin, to just let you walk in it again. God's grace is sufficient. And he said this, if grace abound, sin did much more abound. But God says, well, if there's grace, then can we do this? God says, God forbid. God forbid it. Don't. Don't do the wrong thing. And so why do we not like going to the light of the truth of the word of God? Because it corrects us. Verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. As a Christian, all of our works are going to be tried by what? By fire, a picture of light. And he's going to cleanse all the things that are wasted, and only thing that is worth anything will remain. First Corinthians tells us, chapter number 13, love is very important in our motivation to serve the Lord. I don't have time, that's a different message. Even though we have been saved from sin, we have a sin nature that gives us the tendency to fall into these mindsets. So we need to be careful with those three mindsets. We must understand that reproof is good for us. And that's another word for correction. And we'll find that truth in some of the verses we're going to read here. That this is what God uses to keep us on the right track as Christians. This is what he uses to keep us walking. And this is what he uses to sanctify us. Now reproof uh, means this. is chastisement or correction. Usually bringing a light, bringing to light verbally an offense or wrongdoing. The Bible also uses the word rebuke. Now, rebuke is a little stronger. Rebuke is a little bit more stern. Reproof is like, hey, that's wrong. Rebuke, hey, that's wrong. All right? I don't know if I could illustrate I illustrated that for you. But rebuke is a little bit more passionate and a little bit more authoritatively. Reproof, though, is very, very verbally saying, hey, you're going the wrong way. You should not be going that way. Just that lady on the, on the phone that says, recalculating. And she's trying to figure out what I did wrong. And she figures it out very fast. And she says, oh, now turn right. All right? And so that's what happens with that. Reproof keeps us from error. There's verses. I don't have time to read all this to you. Look at this. I'm bringing to light correction is something that a good, mature Christian. I'm not talking about a young Christian. A good, mature Christian that has walked with God for a length of time should have a good relationship with. You will not leave this earth perfect. You will not until heaven comes. We will not reach sinless perfection here. 
And so we have to deal with sin. In dealing with sin, there's correction. And God will course correct us. And so as a mature Christian, we should have a wonderful, a healthy, a, uh, a good relationship with correction. Because reproof keeps us from error. Proverbs 10, 17. Reproof brings us honor. Proverbs 13, 18. Reproof makes us prudent. Proverbs 15, 5. Reproof keeps us in good company. It gets us in the right group of people. All right? Proverbs 15, 31. Reproof gives us understanding. Do you want to understand some things of life? We'll get this down. Have a good relationship with correction. Reproof gives us understanding. Proverbs 15, 32. Reproof gives us Wisdom, Proverbs 29 and verse number 15. See, course correction will protect us from total destruction. You see the idea of just man fall at seven times. It's a healthy thing as they grow, as a child grows. It is important that they fall a little bit so that they learn to actually walk properly. Do you not know that? The failure, those little failures are not necessarily failures. They're actually a part of success. And so that's what I'm talking about today. Course correction. All right? Don't approach it. Well, he said I couldn't sing. Can you sing? (laughs) Well, I can't, but he didn't have to say it like that. Well, how is he going to let you know? Do we have to do like two weeks notice? And uh, do we have to have like $25 gift card somewhere you like? How do we want to do this? How do, how do I approach you? How do I approach you because I love you to let you know you could do better? And how can you approach me? Are you going to have to step on, on eggshells? Oh, my, is his mood okay today? Oh, my, did the bills just won really good? And so maybe this is the time. Maybe. Try it out. We'll see what happens. Proverbs 1 and verse number 23 to 33. Look at this passage. Turn ye at my reproof. Proverbs 1, 23 to 33. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will give you my attitude on things. I will give you my will. I will let you know how I feel. I will give you my mind. Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. You know why maybe you don't know some truths of scripture? Because you refuse his reproof. Who would like to deal with someone that is a know-it-all? That would be like your prodigy. I want to have somebody that knows it all and that anything I would instruct him, he already knows, and he's going to let me know every time I make some course adjustment. He'll just let me know. Who wants that? So let us not be that, right? If we don't want that, let us not be that with our God. I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Verse 24, because I have called, oh my, has God been calling you? 
because I have called, and re- ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught my counsel. You have valued it as nothing. And would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. Now, God's saying this now. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despise all my reproof. There's a word I'm talking about tonight. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way. Oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what's right in my own eyes. I told you, you're going to eat of that. Look at what it says. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way. You don't have to do it God's way. He's gracious enough to let you know his way. He's gracious enough to give you the Holy Ghost to empower you to accomplish that way. He's gracious enough to give you people that show you by their life's example that they can have faith in God and God can see them through. He can do all of that wonderful things and yet it's up to you to choose and you can still refuse it. You can say no. Pastor Cole lived a life of faith. I don't have to follow that. It was good for him. Who cares? Oh, this so-and-so person uh, walked by faith, CT stud. What? Wow. I'm doing that. William, what? I'm not doing any of what those people did. They would none of my counsel to despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of it. Verse 42, 32. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. There it is. America thinks this is where true success lies. Now, if you have this and you have God, that's awesome. But if you only have this and you don't have God, look at what the Bible tells who you are. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me, shall dwell safely and shall be quieted from fear of evil. Not only am I going to be protected from evil, I am going to have brothers. Sis, look at me. I am going to have safety from even the idea of evil. I will not even have fear. Who has fears? I look at my bank account the number of my children, and I can only really truly afford one wife, and so I'm going to stick with that. But how am I going to make it in this life? And God says, take no thought. And I'm just going to go by faith. I'm a prudent man. I try to set things up for the future. I prepare because God told me to. But at the end, when I've done all that I could, 
I just simply put it in his hands and I say this. You say, don't even worry about it. And when that happens, I am protected. I am protected from the fear. The very fear itself, I'm protected. Not only is evil not allowed to come, but even the worrying of fear. You know, a lot of people have a lot of money and they have a lot of ways to protect that. I don't even have to worry about it. Like if you have a lot of things you need to protect, it, go ahead, get your safe, get your cameras, get it all dinging and blinging. And, and when a cat walks by you in front of your doors, you can talk to the cat. Say, get out of my yard. You can do all of that. If I have the money, I'll do all of it too. But at the end, I can rest and I don't even have to worry about the fear of evil. And that's the people that have a good relationship with correction. I can't finish my sermon. I'm going to have to do this a second time. Because I'm going to talk about what God uses to correct us. This is when it's fun. Because it involves you. And it involves me. Right? You know where I'm going. But I'm going to stop because we have the Lord's Supper. And so I hope it whet your appetite to look at correction from a different perspective tonight. Look at it from God's perspective. Look at it as he's course correcting you. Look at it this way. He's always looking out for your best. He just wants you to really enjoy the fullest. And so when correction happens, and it's going to come, we're going to talk about who he uses. And I'm going to give you a uh, a little sneak peek. He's going to use your little daughter. That's going to say something to you that should not have been remembered. Because you promised something you should have never promised. And said something, Dad, you said this. And now, I have to have a relationship with correction. From a babe's, a mouth of the babe. I have to now say this to God. God, Did I make a mistake? Yes, son. You said something and you didn't fulfill it. Now you're being reminded. What are you going to do? Okay, God, I'm going to correct it. There's many of those uh, little kids and it's going to be your wife, it's going to be your husband, it's going to be your pastor, it's going to be your parents, it's going to be your uncle, it's going to be your junior church teacher, it's going to be your Sunday school teacher, it's going to be that brother that sits next to you, or the brother that sits across the church, is going to walk right to you and say, why are you not smiling? (sighs) Why? Why did they know I'm having a hard day today? Why did they have to bring that up? You know you should have joy. I'm going to give you joy, all right? Right? How are you doing, Christian, with correction? How are you doing with it? It's part of a mature Christian. Don't think, Christian, you're young in the Lord. You say, i just gotten saved. Uh, it's going to be all good. No, 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 no. And then sometimes you feel like you overcome it here. And then you do for a while. And then it shows up over here. Oh, I thought I got that one. Oh. All right, course two. I did the 101. This is the 222. I have to learn this one. 
again. And so, uh, learn to enjoy correction. Next time, when we, the Lord gives us time, we're going to look at uh, who God uses. And we'll wrap this sermon up. All right?